I'm just going to say it. Do not spend money on advertising if you are not tracking what's happening. You're lighting money on fire. It's a fact. Welcome to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Katie Mulchan, and we make it easy to start working on, not just in your landscaping business. We're a real couple that helped grow our family business to well over a million dollars in revenue. And now we help other landscaping business owners just like you to do the same. Are you ready to build your business? Let's get started. Welcome back to Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. Now today we are bringing back Jake Huntley and Cody C of Evergrow Marketing. These guys shared a ton of great information last week. We talked about whether you need a website or not. We talked about Google ads, Facebook ads. Now once you have all this built, we need to be tracking it. And that's what today's episode is all about. They're going to dive into the key performance indicators of your marketing. Once you spent the money and time building this, we need to make sure it works. Same thing you do with all your employees and all the aspects of your business. You need to make sure it's working properly and see where you need to make adjustments. Same thing in your marketing, especially your digital marketing. There's so many ways to do it. In this week's episode, Jake and Cody break it down for us step by step. We even get into Google ads and Facebook ads portion of it too. We start talking about if you hire an outside SEO agency, how they should be monitoring it and what they should be reporting back to you. So you do not want to miss today's episode. So stay tuned after a word from our sponsors. The only app every landscaper needs, CompanyCam makes it dead simple to communicate, document, and problem solve with guys in the field, no matter where you are. CompanyCam brings documentation, communication, and liability protection together in one simple, easy-to-use app for you and your entire team. Take unlimited photos and videos, share custom reports, create flawless before and afters, and even communicate and share progress with homeowners with galleries and project timelines, all from your smartphone. Company Cam, the only app every landscaper needs. Check it out at companycam.com million or in your app store. We want to take a quick second to tell you about our friends over at Cycle CPA. I can't even express to you how important it is to have a good accountant on your side. You know you want accurate bookkeeping and financial statements every month. Instead, you're often left with limited time to focus on the accounting side of your business and no reports to show for it. At Cycle CPA, the landscaping accountants, they not only handle the bookkeeping, but also provide landscape industry benchmarking, job costing, financials by service line, advisory meetings, and much more. Cycle CPA has a team of landscaping accountants available to provide anything from bookkeeping to CFO services. Visit CycleCPA.com and for $100 off, mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Busy Busy. Busy Busy is so simple to use and it's the most reliable GPS time tracking app on the market. And the best part is it was built for landscapers. Busy Busy's founder created Busy Busy because he owns multiple construction companies and needed to understand better which projects were making him money and which projects were killing him. Payroll is the highest variable cost in the project, so you better be tracking it. Busy Busy does this better than anyone else. So download Busy Busy today and don't forget to mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast to get three free months. If you want to get the leads you want and turn your current clients into raving fans, then you need to try Send Jim. They've created an exclusive offer just for our listeners. If you sign up today, you can get your first month for just $2. So if you haven't already, go to sendjim.io forward slash MDL, 
where you can get even more exclusive deals just for Million Dollar Landscaper podcast listeners. That's sendjim.io forward slash MDL and take advantage of these awesome deals today. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast. Now, we are excited because we're having another returning guest. We're actually going to continue our conversation we had last week with Jay Cunley and Cody C. of Evergrow Marketing. Last week, if you missed that episode, you want to go back, check it out. Uh, we start talking about websites and you know what to do first, whether it's SEO or ads and all that stuff. It's an amazing episode, so you definitely want to go back and listen to it if you haven't done that already. Today, we're actually going to kind of dive in a little bit further, and we're talking about tracking and understanding ROI with your digital marketing. Welcome, Jake. Welcome, Cody. Appreciate you guys being on here again. Thanks for having us again. Yeah, yeah, glad to be back. So just if those that did not listen to last week's episode, do you mind just talking a little bit about yourself and your Evergrow marketing business? Yeah, uh, so we're a digital marketing performance-based agency for the landscaping, lawn care, you know, green industry, anything in that realm. We're not your design or branding company. You come to us to get leads, and that's what we provide. One thing I will say, just as a quick note, I don't recommend a whole lot of people as far as marketing and stuff, and you guys are one of them. It's actually yourself and one other person. That's all I recommend. And I was actually talking to Jake and Cody before we hopped on here. And, you know, I get promoted all the time by all these other people. And having to actually start to learn and know about Jake and, and Cody here is why I feel it's so important to encourage you guys to check them out. If you're looking to get some stuff done, if you're looking to do stuff on your own, go check out their blog. It's amazing. It's full of all kinds of helpful information. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there. Like we don't promote a lot of people. You guys are one of them. So I appreciate you guys being here. We appreciate the the words. Yeah, I think I think it just more goes to the fact that we don't really promote ourselves in a way. I mean, we're we're just here to give information. And even like these podcasts, like, you know, to an extent, they're, you know, a marketing opportunity with you. But at the same time, like we actually don't use these to promote ourselves. I usually send them to people to understand topical points. Mm -hmm. You know, our existing clients, you know, for this episode of this podcast, they have a question about, hey, what KPI should I be looking at? I'll just send them a link to this podcast. There you go. I appreciate it. It's always good to promote my podcast. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, but today I, we wanted to kind of dive in and, and start looking at more of the analytical side of, of ads and, and Facebook versus Google and all that stuff. So you guys mind start talking about some of that? Yeah, yeah, of course. So as a performance-based industry, KPIs are our number one thing we look at. And, and for those of you who aren't familiar with KPIs, it's just key performance indicator. These are metrics that are used to help determine whether your campaign is successful or not or whatever. I mean, you have KPIs and all sorts of things. You have revenue KPIs. We're going to talk about specifically marketing KPIs. But with that, there are KPIs that are misleading, things you shouldn't be paying attention to as much, things you should be paying attention to. And then also the difference between some attribution. So, you know, if we touched on it last episode, if you run a Facebook campaign and a Google campaign and the same user interacts with both ads, which one gets credit for it? And so that's really the core concept of what we want to portray. And you don't need to be super analytical to understand this. You don't need to be a marketing guru and you don't need to hire somebody to understand these KPIs um, or even look into some of this data. That's good to know because many landscapers, are, they're focused on the work. They know that stuff. But when it comes to marketing or, or these KPIs, they may not know that. So that's why I appreciate you guys hopping in and kind of sharing this information. Yeah. We were talking a little bit before the show about Facebook ads versus Google ads and the reporting and stuff. I, I found that very interesting. I didn't I didn't know all this. So you mind talking a little bit about that? Yeah. 
we recently started providing Facebook ads as a service because it was such high demand. With Google ads, everything is pretty straightforward. Somebody clicks on an ad, goes to your website, fills out a form, calls or emails you. We can track that and we can credit Google ads for that. It gets a little more complicated with Facebook because now you're dealing with another platform that has its own native analytics and native targeting. And when you correlate what results Facebook is giving you and then you look at your actual website results, there's going to be some discrepancies. The other thing to talk about is really focus on what matters when you look at your Facebook ad tracking. So I do want to preface this, but there are two ways to run ads on Facebook. And there's a lot of landscapers out there that don't know this. So there's an ad center and there's an ads manager. Ad center is kind of what you run into when you boost a post. You have some basic targeting elements. You have geos. You have some interest targeting. When I say geos, I mean geography, regional, like location targeting. And you might have some basic demographic targeting and things like that. You can set your daily budget or you know a lifetime budget. When you deal with ads manager, which I believe is business.facebook.com forward slash ads manager, when you set that up, you have a way more targeting options. Not only can you upload your own customer list or your own lead list from like a CSV or Excel file, you can use that to then scrub out your target so you don't serve ads to your existing clients. And there is just a slew of things. You can also add event tracking. You can track specific events on your website, like if they click the call, click the email, fill out a form, and you can actually get data on leads. You can also control your placements in Ads Manager. If there are like 17 different placements, Facebook will post your ad. There's the right-hand side panel, desktop. There's articles, Facebook Messenger, stories. If you have a specific placement that's not performing well in Ads Manager, you can shut it off and you can direct your budget towards better placements. I don't believe you can do that in Ad Center. I think it's very rudimentary. It's just very kind of simple. So having said this, Facebook has some really advanced reporting metrics uh, that you can look at the placements of your ads, demographics, people who are interacting with your ads, and other data like impressions and clicks and click-through rate. We're going to focus a lot on Facebook Ads Manager, but a lot of this does apply to Ad Center if that's how you're running your ads. For starters, impressions don't mean a lot. (laughs) There's a lot of people who are like, I delivered this ad to 40,000 people with $10. Okay, Did any of them do anything with your ad? I mean, that's no different than having a billboard on the highway. And uh, when impressions are important, it's important in knowing what your click-through rate is. So your click-through rate is the number of clicks you receive on your ad divided by the number of impressions you receive. And an impression is just any time your ad just shows up in someone's news feed or whatever, regardless of whether that they looked at it or interacted with it. And if you have a low click-through rate, something under 1%, um, you might want to adjust your ad creative. Like, you, you know, have a better call to action, have a better image. Maybe your placements aren't very good. But then the, the most important thing that we always pay attention to is spend, obviously, and conversions or leads. And these are things that you can configure in Ads Manager. If you're running lead ads, which is basically just a, an ad on Facebook, and then you click on it and a Facebook form pops up, and you can configure that, then it's really self-explanatory. But um, if you're running traffic to your website, like for a promotion or whatever, you really want to make sure your tracking is configured. Additionally, when you set up an ad in either Ad Center or Ads Manager, you can select based on a goal. You can select on like, hey, I want to deliver to the most amount of people, or I want to deliver to the most amount of people who are likely to like my page or deliver to the most amount of people who are likely to actually visit my page and complete my conversion action. And Facebook will optimize these ads to serve to people who have characteristics of people who might do that based on that action. 
if you're not tracking conversions, like clicks to call or form fills, there's no way for Facebook to optimize to serve to the audience members of your larger audience who are likely to complete those actions. So you're likely just going to basically get link clicks, which is okay. The biggest thing is Facebook will report one thing and Google Analytics will report another thing. So Cody and I view Google Analytics as almost kind of like the Bible of analytics and metrics. Like this is probably the one source you should be paying attention to because it is literally data on your website. And uh, you got to get the concept out of your head that a link click does not mean a page view. There are totally two different things. One, you can't even track page views or conversion actions through your Facebook ads unless you have the Facebook pixel or tracking code on your website. And they have instructions on how to get that set up. But basically what that is, is if someone clicks on your ad and goes to your landing page that we talked about in the last episode, Facebook tracking code then sees that and then sends that data back to Facebook and says, hey, this person viewed this page, record that, and then also record what they're doing on the site. But uh, when you have a link click and a page view, you have to understand they're not the same because people click links all the time, especially on mobile and don't mean to. So they back out right away. A page view is when somebody actually loads all the data on the page. When you click a page, your screen might go white for a second and you'll see a blue loading bar at the top under the URL. That's not a page load. Every element has to load. The tracking code has to load in order for it to report that. So we generally see like 35% of link clicks are actual page loads. And Facebook does report page views if you have the tracking code set up. So Facebook says 35%-ish of their link clicks are page views. However, Google Analytics will still dispute that (laughs) and they'll say, no, we only saw this many people come from Facebook. So it's really easy to get confused and think that your Facebook campaign is performing very well if you're not paying attention to your metrics on Google Analytics. I'll give you a really quick example. So we're running a Facebook campaign for one of our clients in Kansas City, and their Facebook campaign had only tracked one conversion, one form fill. And part of this is due to Apple's new update, the iOS 14. It's actually a couple updates old now, but Mm -hmm. what that basically does is by default, it makes it so the Facebook tracking pixel that I was just talking about can't report data back to Facebook. So they could, in theory, hit a Facebook ad, come to the website, fill out a conversion action, and then Facebook won't know. So it's really only applicable to 50% of the traffic that uses Android. But as an example, from Facebook has only tracked two website leads from the 16th to the 31st in January for our client with their budget. If I look on Google Analytics and I filter by the UTM parameters, which I'll get into in a little bit, and I can track exactly where those people came from, Google Analytics tells me that I had one, two, three, four, five conversion actions form fills. And uh, so that goes to show that over 50% of them didn't even get reported in Facebook. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's because I'm on my own website and iOS 14 doesn't affect your own data on your own website. So you can track this better, which kind of brings me to how I do this or how we do this and marketers do this in general. There's a thing called UTM parameters. They stand for something. I don't know. (laughs) You can Google it. But if you type in like UTM builder in Google, there's a Google tool that will help you build a UTM parameter on your URL. So if you've ever clicked on a Facebook ad, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you want to go to Facebook and just find an ad and click on it, in that URL of that website, there's going to be like a bunch of like, it's going to be like uh, forward slash question mark equals campaign equals keyword equals source. All of those are parameters to tell Google Analytics how to filter that traffic. So if somebody clicks on that ad and it generates that URL, 
you can filter parts of that URL into Google Analytics and see specifically where the traffic came from. You can track the source. So like Facebook, you can track the medium. So like uh, the medium might be uh, paid ads. And then the name might be like the name of your promotion. The keyword could be the type of ad you're running. And you can set all of those so that you can filter and view them in Google Analytics, uh, how many people came from Facebook ads. And that URL is always generated. And what's great about the UTM parameters is no tracking blocks those because you're setting the URL yourself. It's not taking personal information from the person. All it's saying is, hey, this page was viewed. I don't know by who, but it was viewed. And that's really what matters. So in Google Analytics, when we track form fills and emails and phone calls, we're always tracking those conversions anyways. But what we're telling Google Analytics is, hey, anybody who has done one of those three actions and also has this UTM parameter, report that back to me and tell me what those results are. And they'll give us real results on on-site data. So not just form fills or conversions, but they'll also tell us, hey, how long do these people stick around for? How long do they, when they come from this UTM, how many pages are they viewing? How long are they staying on the site? Do they hit the landing page and then just leave? That's called bounce rate. So one really good thing that this has done for me is I have a dynamic UTM parameter set, which you can build in Facebook itself, where I say, hey, pull in the placement of the ad. So if it's in like the right side of Facebook or if it's in the desktop feed or if it's like on a video ad, pull in that placement of the ad into the campaign portion of the UTM because I want to know how those placements perform on my actual site. So what Facebook is going to record is they're going to record how many links you got on those placements. They're going to record how many impressions those served and the engagement rate. And for one example, for a Facebook in-stream video, so that's like when you're watching a video on Facebook and you see like the little ad underneath it, the engagement rates were off the charts. Like it was like, we had like a 5% click-through rate. It was insane, tons of clicks. And uh, I was like, oh, this is great. And anybody viewing Facebook metrics alone would say, that's amazing. But if you look at your Google Analytics, I have a bounce rate of 100%. So (laughs) what people are doing is they're accidentally clicking on those while watching the videos and then not doing anything. So what I'll go to in Facebook is like, hey, even though this engagement metric is performing really well on Facebook, I'm going to shut off my placement to in-stream ads because it's just not performing on Google Analytics. So that was a very long-winded thought process on tracking proper Facebook ads. And, and using Google Analytics. So hopefully I didn't bore all of you guys. <laughs> well, it is important to start looking at these types of things. And this is something I've been learning over the past couple of years. Just when we put in an ad, we want to look at, you know, like you said, when they come back to your website to view whatever page they're looking at and see if they're actually reading it and going through it. Because if it's, like you said, if it's they're not going to it, they're not loading it, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. And you can also start looking at on their website of how long you said, like how long they're looking at it. And maybe you need to change your words in there. That's something like we're finding. Okay, I need to try changing these words and then try running that for a little bit, see how that runs. And you're just, you're kind of always kind of making adjustments, it seems like. At least yeah. maybe maybe I'm doing that wrong, but that's what I always no, seem to be doing. And we always say like, hey, if you're going to run Facebook ads, start with a minimum budget of 500 a month. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds like a lot, but this is in the last episode, we talked about top of funnel. Facebook ads is a top of funnel advertising source. You need to put a lot in to get a lot out. And Facebook can't optimize through their algorithm and you can't optimize if you don't have a sufficient ad budget. This is why we say when you work with Google, typically our clients only need to start off with a budget of 100 bucks a month because it's a lot lower funnel. It's important to understand these metrics. So there are three things I do want to leave the listener with when doing this yourself. The first thing is Google Analytics. They have a free certification course. 
if you're not comfortable with Google Analytics, you can search for that. At least I still I think it's free. Is that right, Cody? Yeah, yeah, it's free. Okay, yeah. So you can search for that. You can take that course. You can understand Google Analytics, get it set up on your own website. Facebook also has a free blueprint course. The exam isn't free, but you can learn Facebook Ads Manager. You can learn all of the different metrics and reporting that they have. If you want to run through that yourself, there's also plenty of blog posts and articles that you can learn those two on Google Analytics, Facebook Ads Manager. And then the third thing is is study up on UTMs. Just learn about UTMs a little bit. You know, some people go as granular as tracking a specific button on an email, putting that as a UTM. If, you know, our website's evergrowmarketing.com, I can set up an, uh, a UTM for evergrowmarketing.com forward slash question mark equals campaign, blah, 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 blah. And no matter what I put after that question mark, it is always going to go to evergrowmarketing.com homepage. And so all those are doing are just telling Google Analytics where this traffic is coming from. So people track it yeah, as granular as a button on an email or kind of as broad as, you know, the campaign source from a Facebook ad. I know a lot of landscapers will go out, they'll just either boost a post or they'll just do a little kind of a, I shouldn't say generic, but just do an ad and, you know, promoting their business overall. From what I'm gathering, what you're saying is, you know, you need to kind of track that and fine tune it and make, you know, a landing page specific to or whatever you're targeting for, I guess, you know, it's hardscaping yeah. or mowing or whatever it is. And then you can kind of track what they're doing on these sites. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 again, it all goes back to what your goal is. If your goal yeah. is to get more page followers, then you don't really need any of this mm-hmm. because all of that interaction takes place in Facebook. If your goal is to get leads from your website or get people to your website, I would advise you to set this up. But again, you don't need to listen to me. Um, <laughs> I, there's that, fa- I can't remember who says it, but you can't, maybe it's Seth Godin, big marketer. Uh, you can't optimize what you can't measure. Mm-hmm. And if you don't measure things, you're never going to get, I mean, so many people run Facebook ads or run Google ads and say, it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, but then like, you know, they didn't hear this podcast and it's like, well, this is why it didn't work for you. One other thing we want to talk about is a little bit uh, today was attribution. You mind talking a little bit about that and what it is? And- yeah, Cody is the expert on this one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and before we even get into this, I think the two things that I want to make sure we hit on before we even go further with this part is remember that Facebook and Google are two different ecosystems. They track separately. The things that people do there happen separately. They can play with each other, but think of them and their tracking environments differently. And there's different setups that go into each one. And then the second thing, it's like what Jake said, I'm just going to say, it. do not spend money on advertising if you are not tracking what's happening. You're lighting money on fire. It's a fact. Like it, You have no idea what's happening with your results. So you're wasting money. Mm-hmm. I mean, make sure that you have tracking set up to track the things that matter to you. Or I guess if you don't want to listen to me, like Jake said, just accept that you're going to waste some money and you don't know what happened. <laughs> We even recommend our clients to do traditional advertising like postcards and direct mail and EDDM to put like call tracking numbers on there or mm-hmm. put specific landing pages to visit with a QR code and, and track your results, track your response rates. You know, not, it's, not, it's not exclusive to digital. Well, I guess real quick before we get into the attribution part, how often should people be looking at their analytics? I think Cody and I will, will have our own answers. So when you launch a campaign, we typically don't look at analytics for a few weeks. Um, one or two weeks, we probably look at it to see if like it's it's serving and it's performing, but we don't look at it in terms of optimizations probably every month. Because if you make too many optimizations too soon, you're going to skew some results. When you launch a campaign, 
and it only serves to 100 people and you have 10 people click, wow, that's a 10% click through. That's amazing. But if you just keep letting it run a little bit longer, you're going to get more data from the population and it's going to start even like, oh, this is only a half a percent click through rate. So if you started making optimizations beforehand, you could really mess things up. We do a month at the longest interval and then we make optimizations from there and then we wait to see if they perform about a month in. But I like to look at data every other day and just look at it. It really just depends on what you're looking at, right? When we launch something new, we're checking every day, sometimes multiple times a day, just to make sure like, hey, is this working how it needs to be? Once we know everything's in the green, okay, we can chill out for a second. And then depending on what it is that we're trying to optimize, yeah, it might be weeks. And then for some of the things, it's even months, but that's very advanced targeting, like day parting, like when you're, what time of the day are your ads running, day of the week, that sort of thing, just because it takes a long time to get what you need there. That makes sense. And I've heard like, and I don't know, this is probably not correct, but I've heard you don't want to change, like if you're directing to a landing page and you decide, I'm going to change some words, you shouldn't change that right away. You just let the data go for a little bit and go a little bit longer than, you know, a week or. Yeah, that's one way. Another way to just run A-B testing. Facebook has their their own integrated and A-B testing. And I think Google Ads might as well, where you can, 50% of the traffic can see one thing and 50% of the traffic can see another thing. And then you can determine which one performs better. The big thing is if it's ad-based too, how much money you're putting behind it. If you get enough numbers, you can do things really fast. Uh, And that's really our big selling point. These guys in their individual markets will never get the data that we have. (laughs) (laughs) We get to pull a lot of stuff together and make decisions really fast compared to things that they'll never be able to get in a year. And it's unfortunate. I mean, there's nothing we can tell them. You can't do anything. But... That's why working with us is good in that regard, because we get access to that. To me, it's like similar to what you're doing in your own business. You need to be looking at your numbers in your business, you know, making sure you're making the profits you want. The crews are getting the jobs done. Same thing with your ads. You need to do pretty much the same thing, but you're tracking in just a little bit different format, but you need to be reviewing everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. So kind of back to the attribution part. You mind talking about that? Was it Cody? Yep. So I'm just going to recap too. We sent out a big email <laughs> at the end of last year detailing a lot. We got grilled with a lot of questions and I just wanted to address them all in a, a cohesive way. From our existing clients. This was an email to our existing clients. Yeah. And it, it covered kind of two very important things. One is multi-channel attribution. It's a very fancy way of saying when you advertise, you have multiple touch points before people pull the trigger. So we've talked about uh, the funnel a little bit in last week's episode, I believe. So if you haven't listened to that, go check that out so you have an understanding of what the funnel is. But when you start advertising, we recommend starting at the bottom of the funnel and working your way up. Search is amazing because people search exactly for what they want. (laughs) So it's very cost effective to advertise with search. As you go up, you start getting into disruptive advertising. And when I say disruptive, I mean you're taking people's attention away from whatever else it is that they're doing to say, hey, pay attention to this. When you do that, you don't have as much of their attention. So you might have a touch point there where they eventually come back. So in Google Analytics, there's this report called multi-channel attribution that will show you and tell you how people interact along the path to actually converting. So you might see they clicked on a Facebook ad, they clicked on a Google ad that came back organically. Then they came back directly. They just punched in your website and then they converted. When you're able to see that, you can give more credit to those touch points along the way. Our, I won't say our clients, everybody wants to give credit to one of two things, either the last touch point, whatever happened last, that's what gets the credit, right? Which isn't fair to everything else that contributed along the way or whatever people see as the most impactful. So even if we add, we do this a lot because it is helpful information, a form on your contact page saying, how did you hear about us? 
right? Just either a drop down, select, or just punch in, tell us what you, you know, how you did hear about us. It's going to be most likely one of those two things, right? You can still select, select all that apply, right? But either the most recent or the most impactful. Um, and that's not accurate to the full story. So what we were telling everybody was the further you move up the funnel, the more you want to start growing your advertising, spending more money, getting a bigger business, the entire thing, right? You have to get more comfortable with that idea that cost per acquisition, cost per lead will get more expensive the further you go up. But that's because it's contributing to the funnel. And eventually they will go down the full path and then convert with you. So if you're not comfortable with that, one of two things, don't spend money. <laughs> don't spend money on if you're not going to be happy. Um, I lost the other one. It was going to be good. I was really proud. <laughs> we'll see if it comes back. Yeah. I'll pick it up here. But yeah, and part of it too, like we showed this to one of our clients because he was, we're on our reports that we give, we give organic traffic and we also give Google ads traffic and conversion metrics. And Google will never tell you what people search for when they convert through organic means, but they will tell you like what people clicked on when and what people search when they clicked on you. Whereas Google ads will tell us exactly what people searched for when they clicked on us. So we have a lot more granular information with Google ads. And since for most of our clients, we have non-branding ad campaigns. So we're targeting keywords like lawn care. We're not targeting the client's name. In some markets we do because competitors target our client's names. But organic will never tell you that information. So we sometimes we have clients that make assumptions and say, well, how do I know if they're just typing in lawn care and near me and clicking on my organic name or my organic result, or if they're just typing in my name into Google and then clicking on my organic result, because those will both be recorded as organic conversions. And so to that, we say, who's to say they didn't take an action higher up in a non-branded way and discovered you that way? So we pulled open the multi-channel attribution report in Google Analytics and showed hey, for 60 to 70% of your organic leads that came in, they had touched an ad at the very first touch point. And it will, it will show you there was a Google Ads interaction and then maybe they took a referral path from Facebook and then didn't do anything. And then they finally went direct or organic. And so Google's has a term called direct, which essentially in Google's terminology means they typed in your website and then they went direct. So... If you want to say that you feel like your ads aren't performing or your SEO isn't performing because they went to your site at the last click attribution, you didn't give any credit to when they typed in lawn care near me at the very beginning of the step because they could they could have clicked on somebody else. And that's the biggest point that we drive with attribution. I guess real quick, a step back. For those that are not familiar, what what is organic and organic traffic? What's that mean? Uh, or organic is anything that um, it's unpaid search traffic. So it's when you go to Google and you type in uh, landscaper near me and you either go to the local map pack, which has the top three landscapers near you. And if you click on more, it's like a whole list. And then organic is typically referred to as the search results below the map pack. That's organic. The map pack, it's technically organic, but it, it's more local SEO. It's like a subdivision of organic. But when we talk about organic results, we're typically referring to both the map pack and the actual organic listings below. And then paid is anything that shows on top that has a little ad indicator. And there are also some search ads that appear at the bottom of the first page of Google as well. And those ads are ones that just don't rank as high as the paid ads on top. 
because there there is a ranking system with ads as well, um, just like SEO. You know, you can get pretty involved in all this. You can go pretty deep down a rabbit hole with all this, and it gets pretty crazy. This is why, like, I always recommend just hiring some professionals to help you out because you can spend days, weeks, months learning all this stuff and kind of getting it down. You just spend a little bit of time and money to put it towards somebody who can help you out with this. <laughs> Sometimes it's just easier that way, better. Yeah, well, you can focus yeah. on what you need to focus on. Cody actually wrote a, a blog post on our on our website, evergrowmarketing.com, uh, that um, tells you how we run Google Ads. I mean, we've had guys come up to us and say, hey, I started running ads the way you you were telling me on the blog post. And I did see much better results, but I want even better results. And then they came to us and had us help. So if you want to get started, that's a really good way to start. Another really good way to start with ads, too, is if you listen to last week's podcast episode, we talk about local services ads. Google that and get started on that because that's even easier than running search ads. And I'll put links to their blog posts and everything in the, in the show notes so you guys can check it out. One other thing we want to talk about today was KPIs. Yeah. Do you mind talking a little bit about that and, and why you need to do it? What do you need to look for? What are some of the numbers you need to look at? Yeah, so I, I touched on it a little bit at the beginning, but we'll dive deeper because there's some other more important things to consider. And some KPIs aren't brought to you by your marketing agency. They, they You have to bring them to your marketing agency or your marketing department to know whether or not that that is effective. The main one, obviously, is just the amount of leads that you get. But the amount of leads that you get isn't indicative of anything. It's indicative of what you're spending. If you're not spending anything and you're not getting any leads, or you're getting one lead, your target cost per acquisition is $0 because you've got a lead for nothing. But if you're not spending anything and you're not getting any leads, you wouldn't be still listening to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the cost per acquisition, how many of your dollars does it cost to actually acquire a lead? We call this cost per acquisition. That's what Google and Facebook calls it. Most people call it cost per lead or CPL. But um, you need to know your target cost per acquisition. So this is how much, if you were to give your marketer, whoever that is, even if it's you, an amount, and they could guarantee you a lead, how much would that be? Obviously, we're not going to guarantee leads. Nobody should. But that is your target. That is what you want to achieve. So for landscapers, uh, we did a 2020 industry report uh, last year in 2021 on what we see for different metrics with ads and even some organic traffic as well. And our cost per acquisition across the entire country, across all different kinds, lawn care, landscaping, hardscapes, was $48 per lead. That is basically what they spend with us with search ads divided by the number of leads that were received. It's different for whichever industry you're in. If you're in lawn care, your target cost per acquisition should be like $20. If you're a landscaper, you can have a target cost per acquisition of 100 to $200 or even higher. It just depends on what your average lifetime value. And I'll talk about that in a second here. This is one of the hardest questions to get answered from us is when we onboard a new client, we say, hey, how much are you willing to pay for a lead? What we're really asking is, what's your target CPA? And a lot of them don't know. But when you phrase it a specific way, they usually give us a, a number like 50 bucks. I think I would be willing to pay for a qualified lead that is only coming to me for $50. Then that lets us know how many leads that we need to provide based on what you're paying us to reach that. And if you are, like let's say you pay us $600 a month and you're getting uh, 12 leads a month, we're meeting your target cost per acquisition. If you want more leads, let's up your ad spend. Let's talk about other methods here. And we can optimize that. You know, If we're getting $50 CPA, let's get it lower. Let's see how low we can get. And I was just talking to somebody in your group, actually. I think you actually liked the comment, but you said, hey, I've been paying my marketing team for two months and I haven't received any results. I'm not getting the leads that I want. And I was just like, one, I don't know how much you're paying your marketing team. And two, it's January. 
Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you, man, but wait until the spring and also give it some time. And what are they doing? If they're doing SEO and you're paying them to do SEO, you, you have to wait till the end of the spring, at least. You have to give them four to 12 months at minimum to see if it pays off. And this is why we also say, hey, combine it with an ad campaign, because you're putting a lot of faith in somebody for four to 12 months that might not pan out. But if you're on ads, you can get results immediately. But I was like, I need to know more. What are you willing to pay for a lead? There is a calculation for this. And Cody and I do it for our own business. But, you know, you have to know your lifetime value. This is how much money your customer is going to give you over the course of their lifetime. For landscape, it's a little bit easier. It's usually the average number of projects per person divided by what they've spent. And uh, for lawn care, it's a little more complicated because you have to calculate first how much a yearly contract is going to cost. And then you have to multiply by how many months or years they stay on with you on average. So know your lifetime value, how much someone will give you. And then you have to multiply this by your profit margin. So I know, Scott, I believe you're familiar with profit first. Mm -hmm. So if you have a profit margin set aside, let's just say it's 10%. Like this is the profit margin that I want to multiply by. You would multiply, let's say your lifetime value of a client is $1,000. Let's say they do lawn care for a year. Then right now you're at, you're willing to pay $10 or sorry, $100 for a lead. But there's one more to get your target cost per acquisition. And that's your close rate. Just because you get a lead doesn't mean you sell it. You have to factor in what your close rate is. And if, you know, depending on what CRM you're using, whether it's one like HubSpot or LMN or Real Green, how many appointments do you set? How many quotes do you go out? And then how many people do you actually sell and sign contracts? And if your industry or just a general close rate out there is about 20%, 20% is actually healthy. That means you're not priced too low. You're not priced too high. It means you're, you're in a healthy competitive market. So then you take $100 and you multiply it by 20%. And now you're at $20. And what this formula did was it calculated it. So based on the lifetime value of your customer, you are able to still pay all of your bills, cover payroll, cover your cost of goods sold or your materials, and you know not make a profit margin at the end of the year. And a lot of guys, they don't have a profit margin because one, they are probably aren't doing profit first system or they haven't you know gone to that there's other things you can do like for us personally we do this formula we do lifetime value of a client times profit margin times our close rate times 50 percent because we want to make some profit margin but we're also willing to make no profit margin because that still grows the client base if our cost of materials doesn't increase or if our um, wages don't increase or you know labor and uh that is, I guess that's the main, the main KPI that I want to drive home, your target cost per acquisition. Yeah, and it's important. You address some, you know, numbers that landscapers just, besides marketing, need to keep track of is, is your close ratio and all that stuff. It is so important to understand that and start keeping track of it. Even if it's not, I don't care if you're doing it on a pen and paper, just start writing down, you know, how many people are coming in. I remember we used to have my mom, who's a secretary, we had a sheet of paper. That's how she used to write things down. And we check off where they heard it from. Mm-hmm. And then we keep track of that and wrote down an Excel sheet. Did we close the sale or we didn't close the sale? And just, it's important to start doing that. I don't care how you do it, just start doing it. That's another thing. Close rate per medium. You close people who come from door hangers more often than you close people who come from your website. And uh, that'll help you determine which marketing method works best for you. But yeah, you got to track close rates because if you don't, and you're not tracking some of this stuff, some of the 
marketing and efforts you do will will literally just be in vain. I remembered my second point, <laughs> and it's a good closing <laughs> even too. Is uh, just to say, if you're not comfortable with these concepts and you're not willing to learn and adjust and at least get a basic understanding of this stuff, you're limiting the size of your business, and that's just what it comes down to. If you want to grow, you've got to get a little uncomfortable and you got to be willing to get a basic understanding of these things and have a little trust in it. I think Jake said it earlier. It's one of those things you just have to start learning and understanding to put your money to where you need to. Otherwise, you're just kind of wasting it. And that's where I see a lot of landscapers, like you said, well, just Facebook ads didn't work. Google ads didn't work. It's You have to keep track of it in order to figure out where it went wrong or where you need to correct it. Yeah. And kind of what I went with, you know, the guy that was on your in your group, landscaping business owners was like, you know, it, it develops trust. If you don't give your marketing agency a KPI to perform against, they have nothing to go off of. You have to set expectations with them and they have to say, and they have to understand those and also set expectations with you. We had a client say that our, my target cost per acquisition is $0. I'm like, that's not realistic. <laughs> like, that's not, you're not, you have to set a number and it can't be $10 because $10 is also real, unrealistic. You have to really know your lifetime value and know your close rate and what are you willing to spend to acquire a, you know, a lifelong customer. It's so important, like you said, to start tracking all these things and start being able to use these numbers to tweak whatever you're putting out there and, and analyze it to make better business decisions. And it's the same thing we talked about earlier. You're looking at your numbers in your business for your gross profit and, and all that stuff and make sure you're, nobody's going over the production hours, all that stuff. Same thing here. So I encourage you guys to spend some time and use these free platforms like Jake and then mentioned earlier was, you know, learning on Google Analytics, learning on Facebook. It's free. There's all kinds of information out there. Shoot, you can probably find all kinds of crap on, on YouTube. Like, yeah. whether it's good or not, I don't know. But yeah, well, <laughs> it, it is free. I mean, you guys have been listening to this podcast for 48 minutes. And, you know, if you got 48 minutes to listen to podcasts, you got 48 minutes to learn Google Analytics. Yeah, it does take some time to learn it and kind of grasp it. But keep doing it. Keep at it. And like we say, you know, do it dirty. Just get started and start <laughs> keep, yeah. track, keep track of your yeah. numbers. It's so important. So. You guys have anything else you want to add today? Um, I think the last thing that we had was just, you know, reporting. Um, a lot of marketing agencies, they'll send you like really long reports, very detailed reports. Try to ask them if they can just cut out all the crap. <laughs> you, you know, they don't need to constantly be reporting on impressions or reporting on bounce rate or, you know, some of these off the wall metrics like we talked about. Like, how many leads are you getting? Where are they coming from? What are people searching for? Are your rankings improving? Make sure they're tracking the ranking of your specific keywords. You know, like, yeah, how many leads are you getting and what, and what are you spending? At the end of the day, a lot of these metrics just don't report or just don't matter. In the grand scheme of things, you're busy, you're running your business. Your report should be one page. You should look at it and say, I understand what's going on and then move on with your day. That's how Cody and I design our reports. We design them to be one page, super easy to understand, and you can even view them on your phone super easily. I'm a big believer in... Uh... I heard it a while back and I really like the saying and we stick with it that experts simplify things to prove their worth and novices complicate things for the same reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we keep it true. <laughs> you know, as simple as we can to convey the message we need to. Mm-hmm. We have clients that say, I want to know more about this and then we'll do a deep dive. We'll go yep. look at your attribution channels and we'll look at this. But you know, from month to month, you, you don't need to know this without asking. How often should you be getting the reports? Because that's that's one thing. I like. I have a couple of people in our academy. They're not getting any reports. I'm like, well, that's not good. First off, you should be getting something from them. <laughs> a, a minimum monthly, especially in this industry because of the seasonality, minimum monthly. We send reports out on the third of every month. 
because we use, uh, right now we use a tool called Raven Tools to do the reports and to pull in that data. It takes a couple, there's a couple day time delay. So we just make sure that everything is in there before we send them out. We send them on the third of the month, every month. And then we send a follow-up email, basically just kind of like digesting the report a little bit. And then they can reach out to us and then schedule a call and want to learn more about it if they want. But we're a pretty hands-off agency. So like, we don't want to bother you, but we will send you the reporting you need. We also give our clients access to their Google Ads account. And then they own their Google Analytics account. They own, you know, their Google Search Console. So they can always go in and look at the live data day by day. And when we finish onboarding, we give them a document that says, hey, welcome aboard. Here's all the reporting tools that we use, Google Analytics, and here's how you sign in. And so we give that document to them. They have the power to do this. We actually had just had a client that signed into Google Ads yesterday and um, had some questions about keywords. And we're like, hey, awesome that you signed in um, and are looking at things. But if you don't have that time and you don't want to be getting reports weekly, you will be getting a month, an automated monthly report from us. That's good to know because said I, I've had some that didn't get anything. There are some that actually have had somebody build their website and never heard anything from them ever again. <laughs> uh, we, we've got a couple of guys coming from your group um, signing up with us because they're not getting reports or communication. You know, I always send them, you know, a couple of examples of what our reporting looks like. And this is what you can expect every month. We're not the kind of guys that are going to have schedule a weekly or biweekly call with you. Mm -hmm. We're probably not even going to schedule a monthly call with you. But if you want to reach out to us, I've got guys that text me, call me, email me whenever. And uh, we can go over reporting or go over different things. But a lot of the time when the reports go out, I send an email just kind of recapping like, hey, things look good this month. This is what we're going to do next they might shoot me a message back and have a specific question about something. And then that's when we can schedule a call or, or hop on the phone. And one get the right thing about your service is you tie everything together. So you're not only helping create that website, but you're doing the Google ads or Facebook ads now and tying it all together because it's so yeah. important. You might have somebody makes a website and somebody else does a Google ads, but they don't talk to each other and know how to work together. Pointless almost. It's a rarity that we take over an existing website because it's good enough. I mean, I always give the example of if a homeowner comes to you and says, hey, I want to. I want you to fix my retaining wall. You probably like roll your eyes and go, I'm probably just going to have to rebuild the whole thing. And that's kind of the situation that we run into um, without the high roll. But we always have an onboarding cost. We're very candid about it. And right now, our, our onboarding cost is a minimum of $2,000, whether you get a new website or you want to keep your website. So most people just opt to get the new site. But the reason is because fixing a, an existing website and getting it optimized and ready for ads and search engines is oftentimes a lot more work than it is to start from the ground up, especially when we're not familiar with the builder you're using. On WordPress, there's tons and tons and tons of builders out there. So it, it can be more work to do that. And that's just, that's kind of how we go in with it. We have yet to see an analytics and metric strategy that's sufficient too. Most people just aren't tracking enough of what they need to be in order for us to do good work. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you hopping in here today. Mind sharing how they can find you and get hold of you if they're interested? Yeah. So you can uh, reach us at evergrowmarketing.com. You can call, email, or fill out a form. You can also find us on uh, Facebook as well and just uh, shoot us messages. Let us know if you have any questions. We're, we're happy to you know talk about whether we're a good fit with each other or point you in the right direction. One thing I will make a note of, these guys are pretty active in our Landscape Business Owners Facebook group. So if you have questions about marketing, put it out there. I always see them replying and, and giving answers and help all the time. So don't be afraid to reach out and post it in the group that these guys will direct you where you need to go. And we won't keep, we won't keep it technical. So we'll, we'll give you the actual direction that doesn't require outside help. I'll put all the links in, into the show notes, but 
go check out their blog. There's all kinds of great information. I was on there before the show and, and they got all kinds of great uh, helpful information on pretty much step-by-step on what you need to do to set up your Google ads and, and whatnot. Now, even how to set up your Facebook page, I think there was something on there too. So how to optimize your Facebook page. Yeah. So we mentioned the last podcast, we just wrote a really long post about how to optimize a page on your website step-by-step without knowing any code or anything like that. Yeah. So definitely go check these guys out. All right. You guys have some time for a couple quick questions? We sure do. Yep. All right. What weird food combinations do you really enjoy? Oh my God, there's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I got a general one and this throws people off, but I think anything that you use ketchup for, you can substitute with barbecue sauce. I would agree with that. Meatloaf. Do you put barbecue sauce on meatloaf? Okay, come on. I don't don't really eat meatloaf. (laughs) I'm I'm claiming an exception there. Could you imagine if I said steak? I was like, you don't put barbecue sauce on steak? (laughs) I think your listeners would have a conniption, Scott. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I, this is, okay, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but I'm only going to get flack from people who haven't actually tried this. Sardines and honey mustard. Cody gives me crap for this all the time because I send pictures of it to him on the group chat a lot. <laughs> and he's like, that's disgusting. But he's never tried it. So like, how would he know? I'm good. And, and then ancho- I, I love anchovies and pizza. I had a guy I went to camp with a long time ago. And yeah, when I was little and he'd eat anchovies like, in the bunk above me, ah, it just smelled so bad. I'm like, I, <laughs> I do. I have a tin of anchovies in my. In my <laughs> but I, I've been on. A, I've been on a hiatus though for my canned fish lately. <laughs> right. I don't want to hear anybody judging me if you have not eaten it yourself. <laughs> I'll mention that to my wife. Tell her to try and see. <laughs> uh, do you guys have any superstitions? Uh, yeah, I do. Cody doesn't. He's very. He's a very logical, logical person. <laughs> I got nothing. I have a superstition that if I solicit, I'll lose business. Like I don't ever be like, you know, hey, visit, you know, visit our services or like you promote. So like that's why like, Cody and I have like run no ads ever for Evergrow. It's always been inbound, and like that's one of my superstitions. I'm just afraid of doing that. I also have another superstition. I think a lot of people can relate to, and it's if I don't watch a football game, the team I'm rooting for will win. <laughs> um, <laughs> It, it happens all the time. I watched the last Chiefs game and they lost. See, there you go. And yeah, and for the listeners, I'm not a bandwagoner. I'm from Kansas City. So. <laughs> <laughs> put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last one. What would you do if you're invisible for a day? I feel like my girlfriend and I have talked about this. Um, I think we would go to a bar. <laughs> just, just listen. <laughs> That's free drinks. <laughs> I, I mean, no one's going to know. That's true. <laughs> there you go. Okay. About you, Cody. Honestly, I wouldn't do any. I think I just live my normal life. I, I, <laughs> I, it, my life is so vanilla. Like it's this just is not, so straightforward. Cody, this is not true. You would sneak on a plane to Japan. That's true. There you go. <laughs> but wait, but I'm visible when I come back. I mean, we got to think through this. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's over a thousand dollars for a plane ticket. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, we'll just let you. We'll let you go there and back. <laughs> check it out I'll do it then. that works <laughs> alright guys well I appreciate you hopping in here I appreciate all the great information if you guys are looking to learn a little bit more about your Google ads and how to get started definitely reach out to these guys go check out their blog posts or just post a question in the Landscape Business Owners Facebook group these guys are amazing at what they do like I said they provide the whole package for you so uh, definitely check them out alright well I appreciate you guys hopping in here and uh, we'll be talking to you soon alright thanks Scott all right. thanks a lot Scott yep. bye bye Hey everyone, just want to thank you again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do ask you for one quick favor. Could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? A five-star review is even better, but it helps us get our rankings up and help us spread our message. 